Welcome to the podcast for Epworth United Methodist Church in Berkeley, California. I'm Pastor Kristen Stone King. Our mission at Epworth is to live out God's love for all. We strengthen our faith as we worship, study, develop a creative, supportive community, and serve others. Together, we encourage each other, challenge each other, and welcome all people on their journey of faith. We are a reconciling congregation, meaning that persons of all sexual orientations and gender identities are welcomed to help transform our church and our world into the full expression of Christ's inclusive love. We are a sanctuary church advocating for the rights and dignity of immigrants, and we stand in solidarity with the movement for Black Lives. Our podcast blends a taste of the music that we experience here in worship on Sunday mornings, along with a scripture reading and a message.
Good morning, I'm Judith Allen, a grateful Epworth member. And today I am reading as scripture, the 23rd Psalm as presented in the Revised Standard Edition. You can also follow along if you need to uh, on page 501 of your Pew Bible. The Divine Shepherd, a Psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life long. Words of God for the people of God. Jerry. Will you pray with me, please? Gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth be acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. I want to begin this morning by asking you to bring to mind a really close friend. If you have a picture of them on your phone and you can get to it quickly, I invite you to, to bring out your phone and pull up that picture. And now I want you to just hold that image in your mind of the friend, their face, their countenance gazing upon you. Do you feel your body relaxing? Researchers tell us that one of the ways to regulate our bodies and calm our nerves, keep anxiety at bay, is to engage our senses in positive stimuli. Sight is one of our five senses. So just looking at something or seeing something or someone that brings us joy can engage our parasympathetic nervous system, which helps us rest and relax. 
Now, if I ask you what you love about your friend, you probably wouldn't say, well, just looking at them engages my parasympathetic nervous system. <laughs> you might instead name their qualities, the qualities that you appreciate or admire, or tell a story of how you met or how they showed up for you. If this closest friend is, or a close friend is someone you've been friends with for a long time, you know that friendship is a relationship that takes give and take, ups and downs. It's never perfect because there are no perfect people. And you also know that friendship is life-giving. Last week there was an article in the New York Times, maybe you saw it, about friendship. It reported that in 1990, just 3% of people said that they didn't have a close friend, that they felt like they had no close friend. But in 2021, that number had increased to 12% of people who said that they had no close friends. That's a huge increase in 30 years. The United States, the article said, is in the grips of a loneliness crisis that has been exacerbated by the pandemic, but actually predates it. This is a deeply concerning trajectory. And if this trend continues, a quarter of the people in this country will feel that they have no close friends when my kids and all of our youth are in their late 40s and early 50s, a time which research also tells us is a particularly stressful time in life on when we really need friends to lean on. The Times article featured an interview with Marissa Franco, the, uh, the author of Platonic, How the Science of Attachment Can Help You Make and Keep Friends. As the interview about loneliness and friendship progressed, Franco was asked for her remedy for the loneliness crisis. I suggest joining something that meets regularly over time. And I'm thinking, oh, that sounds familiar. And then she said, like a book group. <laughs> and book groups are great. They're absolutely great. I, I have enjoyed uh, book groups that I've been a part of. And, and, and I, but I thought to myself, I, I don't think they'll solve the loneliness crisis. I believe the root of the crisis is much deeper. Today's scripture is the 23rd Psalm. If you know a longer piece of scripture by heart, chances are it is this one. Why is this one of our best loved scriptures? Well, I believe it provides a roadmap for the remedy to the loneliness crisis. So let's look again at this familiar text. As the psalm opens, we hear the familiar words, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters, restores my soul. She leads me in the paths of righteousness for her name's sake. It's an image of intimacy, of trust, of relationship, and of refuge. Friendship is indeed a refuge, but how much more is a refuge our God, our tradition, and our community. In the Buddhist tradition, the three jewels of refuge are the person of the Buddha, the path of the Dharma, which is the way and the teachings of Buddhism, 
and the Sangha, the community of practitioners. When a person accepts Buddhist philosophy and seeks to make it a part of their life, they profess, I take refuge in the Buddha. I take refuge in the Dharma. I take refuge in the Sangha. For Christians and for Jews before us, the Psalms have reminded us of our places of refuge, assuring us of the overriding message of scripture that God is with us, that the path laid out for us through the scripture is sure and true, and that the community of the faithful who will accompany us through all of life's twists and turns is present. I take refuge in God who is always with me. I take refuge in the scriptures and path of my tradition. I take refuge in the community that surrounds me with love and care. So don't get me wrong, I love a good book group. We have many here at Epworth. But the remedy to the crisis of loneliness is so much more complex than that. The congregation I grew up in was a Methodist Mennonite church. It was called the Rainbow Sharing Community. Um, but the Methodists have, as they say, left the building. And now it's just a Mennonite congregation that carries on as the Rainbow Mennonite Church. Because this church is now fully of another denomination, I really had lost touch with the community, the congregation, and its people. But at a gathering in New York a few years ago, I happened to sit down next to a Mennonite minister. We began talking, and I said, I have some Mennonite roots. And uh, I told him about my early years with what it was then called the Rainbow Sharing Community. And he was aware of this congregation and in turn shared with me about their great pastor, assuring me that the work of witness and justice that had formed me and that I connected with the Rainbow Congregation was continuing. Well, shortly after that, I received an email from Rainbow's pastor, learning that this man had carried the connection back to her. And though she and I both have occupied that, that congregational space, uh, and had been part of that community. We did so at different times in history. I as a child in the 70s and, and she uh, who's been pastor there for the last decade. But the web of relationships of which we are a part found a way to connect us. We began a correspondence. She invited me to return and give a public talk and preach there on Sunday. And the opportunity to return to the church of my childhood was so deeply meaningful. I, I, didn't, I didn't realize how much so until I got to experience that. I was keenly aware of the reality that I had many more friends than I was aware of. People who had been cheering for me, loving me since childhood, staying abreast of my journey. This awareness was like being able to lie down by still waters and it restored my soul. The connection and the visit and the subsequent friendship brought home to me the incredible web of which I am a part as a member of the community of God. This friend visited me, visited me here in Berkeley and worshiped with us uh, here at Epworth a few years ago. 
to be known, to be held as an essential point in this web. This is blessing beyond blessing. Indeed, if suffering is essentially an experience of isolation, then its antidote must be connection and deep relationship. In Christian community, we are part of an invisible but sure web of connections. I believe Psalm 23 is one of the best loved scriptures because it responds to our deepest need to be seen, known, valued, and in relationship. And that experience brings joy and peace. The truth is that we all need a close friend, but more importantly, we need community and we need God. And so I invite you again to pause and to look around. Take some time to behold these faces in your community. These are friends for all seasons. In this community, you are a part of a web of connections that stretches not just across the sanctuary, but stretches back through our tradition and forward through time. One of the keys to authentic friendship is the willingness to be vulnerable together. And we do that each Sunday when we, when we gather, when we share our prayers, when we share our joys, when we share our sufferings. One of the keys to, uh, to authentic friendship is to be able to show up and to risk sharing our authentic selves. And to, to know that when we stumble or when we make mistakes or inadvertently cause harm, we can find our way back to each other through the grace of God. The psalmist says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Who are your enemies? Well, I submit to you this morning that in this place, they are our friends with whom we need reconciliation. The blessing of ongoing community is that we are given the space and the grace to find our way back to each other, where enemies become friends anew or again. The web of connections is as much a net as a web, a net that catches us and holds us close and will not let us go. In Psalm 23, we hear the promise that God gives us that there is always a better place, no matter what. Dear friends, I give thanks for you, and I give thanks for this community of friends, both here and now and through the ages and stretching forward into the future. Thank you, Epworth, for being a better place. Amen.
listening to the podcast for Epworth United Methodist Church in Berkeley, California. Wherever you're located, we'd love for you to take a next step in growing in faith in this community. Our online worship is at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings on Facebook, YouTube, and on our website at epworthberkeley.org. Or you can fill out an online connect card at epworthberkeley.org backslash connect. Have a great week.